Welcome down the slope. We're back second time in a week, only 48 hours since we last recorded, and I am joined by Harry and Greg. Harry, I assume you're good, Hibs won. Mate, you, you get in the rules, and Hibs won, Harry's a happy Heidi, so yeah, not, not too bad, mate. Not too good. Bad. Uh, she finished up for Christmas as well, am I right? Indeed, yeah, look, yesterday was my last day, obviously ended it with a Hibs win, so um, hopefully that's the changing of the tide when I'm not working, Hibs are, so yeah, <laughs> it makes good, good signs for Sunday. Smashing. Greg, how you doing, mate? Yeah, very well. Seem to have recovered from whatever I had last weekend, so uh, rarely to go for, for Sunday. <clears throat> uh, even even whatever happens, uh, it will be a good day out and hope Harry has no more tears because I don't <laughs> think I am ready for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, very good point. Right, Dundee first. Last night we got back to winning ways at Easter Road, which um, was nice. First win at home for was it September, first clean sheet in 11 games. Um, we spoke on Monday, Harry, about how it would probably be important to get a clean sheet in a victory. Um, were you impressed with what you seen last night? Um, it's, it's hard to say impressed. I, I think Dundee are a very poor team, but the fact that we managed to win it and not concede um, was good. Like in any game, the objective in the league especially is just to win and not concede a goal. So um, we, we ticked the boxes apart from the performance box, but um, there was there was phases in the game though where I thought we actually played some nice bits. There was one passage in particular in the second half where about three or four players were like involved in a really quick interchange. Nisbet done a really nice flick at one yeah, point. Yeah. Um, like if we could keep doing things like that, and then after we scored the goal for about 10-15 minutes towards the end of the second half, we had so much energy and pace about us. First half, but, um, sorry. Pardon? You mean first half, sorry. Uh, first half, yeah, sorry. Um, after we scored the goal, yeah, no, we, we looked really good. So if we can just keep that going and the main thing is we just need to press against Celtic, like, and we'll come into that in a bit. But I just felt at times, especially in the second half, as the time wore on, we just set deeper and deeper against a team we're so much better than. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, overall, I'm just happy we actually got three points on the board at Easter Road and kept a clean sheet for the first time since like August, a hundred days ago. Yeah, I am. Um, and the rest. In fact, it was the first. It was the first clean sheet since our last win at home. St Johnston 1-0 with a penalty so um, I, I thought we were pretty good in the first half um, There was, I think we started well probably tailed off a bit for and maybe say between that sort of 10-15 minute period uh, prior to the goal because what we scored around 35 minutes I think I'm right in saying circa that I think probably 10-15 minutes leading up to that way the tempo had dropped a bit but I think we picked it up again after the goal in the first half I was the, the big thing for me, I felt like we got the ball, you know, our criticism has been side to side, but I think if you go side to side with a pur- purpose, with pace, I think a lot of times the centre-halves missed out the full-back, eh, so they missed out the sort of left or right side of the frame, went straight to the wing-back, which I think is important, it keeps people moving. Um, Greg, what did you make of the performance last night, um, initially in the first half at least? I thought for the first five minutes we, we were good. Um, we looked we looked intense. We were going forward with a purpose, but after that, I just felt like we, we just settled in and got far too comfortable with playing five yard balls sideways. Um, I'd look, I'd, obviously it's difficult because obviously David Gray's not a lot of time to work with the players. I wouldn't imagine that much has changed. And you can see that you know you can see that the players haven't really aren't really doing anything else uh, that's new. So yeah, I felt like I felt like it was a bit of a, a, a poor game overall. But I think in the first half we, we certainly could have got the ball forward a bit quicker, a bit more purpose, a bit more energy, a bit, a bit more um, urgency about our play. I thought, but yeah, look, we get the goal. Um, if I'm honest, I think that's when the way we were scoring last night. I don't think we were going to score goals last night. So I think. Thank you, Paul McMullen. What a finish that was. <laughs> I think if ultimately if he doesn't. If he doesn't intercept in this bit's got a hundred miles of space at the back post, you would expect him to score from there. Obviously, we don't know if he would have or not. Yeah, but well. He would have enough time to manipulate it on his right foot, so I think he would have scored. Um, but yeah, I guess, Harry, that, especially in the first half, um, I know you mentioned the second as well, but I felt we were dominant, we were good, but we didn't. We still maybe did look a little bit blunt in the final third. 
I'm yeah. a really good at seventy yard football. Like either side, like and between the two boxes, were quite good. Yeah, I thought defensively, particularly, um, the defence that started uh, yesterday has been at times very shaky. But I thought that they looked entirely comfortable in the first half, anyway. Um, so it was nice to see them actually look confident. Um, Porteous's distribution was a lot better than it's been in previous games because the last like couple of games in particular, he's been absolutely shocking. But he was actually finding men and actually moving the ball forward, which was nice to see. Um, I actually thought the formation change benefited the team. Um, like especially in the second half, we actually looked like we were getting a few more chances, even though we didn't take any. We were actually creating chances more, which was nice. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we line up on uh, Sunday, considering how the game. Was, I felt it was two very different games based on both formations. Yeah, Greg, the obvious downside in the first half was Chris Cadden going off injured. Um, yep. David Gray did mention after the game that obviously it's early, but the good sign is he, yeah. obviously, he walked off and stuff. Um, yep. That probably quite a big miss if he was, wasn't available at the weekend because I think we were likely to line up in 3-5-2 and he is probably the obvious choice to play there. Yeah, I think... Uh, if he's not fit, then it probably affects the shape a lot more. Um, unless you play Boyle out wide right and, and dodge up front. But then again, you don't know if this bit's fit. So, yeah, yeah it, it's disappointing because to be been impressed with him lately. I think he's probably been one of the players that, that's actually been something of note uh, and quite impressive in recent weeks. So, I think that he's a good player. He's very tenacious. He, he can go in the tackle. He can put good balls in the box. Uh, that would be a massive miss for us, though, because um, yeah. I think defensively is quite good as well, and Paul McGinn needs all the help he can get. Yeah, Harry, at, at the start of the second half last night, you touching it, it felt like we maybe were a bit deeper. I think Dundee definitely changed their shape, which we uh, reacted to by going to a sort of flat 4-4-2, and then Nisbet's injury then dictated that we sort of went back to uh, sort of four two three one. I guess at that point more than a uh, four four two. Was that the main frustration last night that it did feel in the second half that we took it more as a game management almost instead of trying to score more goals? It just felt far too familiar to recent games where we've dropped points stupidly in the last ten minutes. Um, because at the start of the half, even then, we were sitting slightly deeper. Because, like, if teams come out to attack you, like, they're going to have phases in the game. And fair play to teams that take a half time, they clearly put a rocket up their arse because they did come out and they did try and actually attack us. They didn't have much impact doing it. And then, towards the end of the game, obviously, they brought in two strikers for two midfielders. So they'd thrown everything by the end of the game. But we just need to try and hold a line at least like 40 yards out. Because for the last five minutes, we were sitting on like our own, like, about 25 yards out. So teams are going to be able to get chances away if you just keep sitting deeper and deeper. Um, I just want us to actually, even though we're winning, I want us to still control games. Yeah. Because as we showed, when we actually do go forward, we can create chances because easiest chance in the world missed again by a certain someone who um, I'll let Greg take the wheel on um, explaining our frustrations on him. Uh, yeah, Greg, before we move on to what we done in the final third uh, in the second half... Or didn't do, as well. the case was. We, um, we, we've been very critical of the defence, and rightly so, yeah. now. Um, not, I don't think, me me I more don't, than others, I, don't, I, would I, don't say. I don't think Dundee are, are world-beaters by any stretch of the imagination, but I was actually quite impressed with how they wanted to play last night. I felt like they didn't go long too much, but they only had one chance. We limited them to one. They had one shot on yeah. target in the first half, which was a pop shot for 25 yards, and they had one chance, yeah. which came first class to Clayton's. Yeah. The, the, that on the back of the St. Mirren game as well, we, we do look a little bit more compact, ultimately, since Jack Ross has moved on. Would you agree with that? Um, It's quite difficult because I don't think Dundee really utilised our wingers last night, and that, that's a big thing for us where we can't defend crosses into the box. So, well, credit where it's due, you can only defend against the team you're playing, so ultimately you've got a clean sheet. I think I don't think we were in really much danger. Uh, it was a couple of times uh, where maybe possibly, but but then the, the midfielders, uh, John Yule bailed us out on one occasion where he, he got back and won the ball, so you know, it's, it's a real team effort defending. Um, so I guess for me that, that was a positive point for the game last night. That was something that I, I've wanted to see for a while is, is that real team effort in defending because yeah. uh, I think that sometimes like, the defence are possibly isolated they maybe don't help themselves but I feel like sometimes you really need your yeah. midfield to to work back and, and help them 
Um, but yeah, I mean, the, the Sklaff clearance is, is madness. I don't really know what he's doing, but you know, keep, uh, there's been a couple of them this season and uh, they happen, but yeah, I think we, we definitely got away with one there. Yeah, and look, the, the, the best chance of the game fell to Hibs. Um, I, I, I think, I'll be honest, I think Boyle can do better with the ball across. I, like, I don't think it's just from this angle that I had in Nice, sort of, I don't think he, I think he's put it miles in front of Murphy, but I still think he can just let it come across his body and he can hit with his left instead of like taking the touch on his right and just makes a mess of it again, Harry, unfortunately. Obviously, he's missed two really, really good chances against Dundee this season. He missed, obviously, a couple of good chances at St. Johnson before getting his goal. Um, it's like what we said earlier. I would have been confident in this bit scoring at the back post if it had come through him, but I wasn't confident when you seen it was Murphy coming in at the back post. It's frustrating because at times he does show that he's got a lot of quality, but there's no point in having any form of quality if you don't have any end product at the end of it. Because a couple of months back, I was banging on about how technically he was the best player at the club, but I've I've regressed from that now, and um, I it frustrates me when he gets on the pitch because I just know that he's going to do something that will madly frustrate me. Um, obviously, like the old adage is, if you get in the box and get yourself in good positions, you'll score eventually. But he does his very best to disprove that. I know he scored one against St Johnston, but the boy should have about six or seven goals a season minimum uh, with the chances that he's had. Um, and for a player of that standard, with the wages that we're probably paying him being ridiculously high for the club, I, I just, it frustrates the life of me. Aye. Greg, it's interesting, he does... He's so obviously right-footed. And I can't really comment on Jamie Murphy's career before now. I don't know if he's always exclusively played on the left. but Yeah, he, did, he, did, he certainly did it I, I don't. Anyway. I don't know if he's used to have the pace that meant he could still get to the byline and sort of get back on his right foot. But when he does try to mix it up and go down the byline, he can't get a, any purchase on it with his left foot. Like, yeah. Would there not be an argument to even at least try him on the right side? V- very no. a bit. No, there would, there would definitely be an argument to punt him in January, though. <laughs> he, he, he actually, do you know what? He, he had two chances against, I think he had a couple of chances against St. Johnston. The one in the box where he's hit it on the half volley, I mean, behave like he's got acres of space and he puts it wide. He, he scores his chance because it felt him at the back post on his right foot. Well done, but it felt you at the back post on your left foot about five yards out and you had to try and cut back on your right foot. It was pathetic. I mean, as a, as a professional football player, really, it sounds so cliche, but surely should be able to use both feet. And it's so easy to read them as well. Like, every man in that, in that blind dug can see where he's going. He wants to cut inside. He doesn't want to go down the line, because when he goes down the line, he can't get the ball across. So he must probably be one of the easiest players to defend against. Just show, just show him down the line, because he's not got a clue. It's, it's, it's a weird one with my friend, because... He does so much that is good, and he does so much that is shit. Like, 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 well, what, like Sorry, what good does he do? Well, he he, he, he got a very good. Uh, well, he never really got did he? He played a huge part in the goal at St. Mirren, driving the length of the pitch, cutting inside, laying it into boy of Lake. You know what I mean? Like he scores mm-hmm. the winner at St. Johnston. Like he is mm-hmm. like. I'm, I don't buy into the fact that Jamie Murphy's a bad football player. I don't. I think Jamie Murphy's a good football player, but his goal return is nowhere near where it should be. Like, Jimmy Murphy is not clever enough for the position he plays, is my opinion. Because for me, if, if you're smart enough, you would you would go to the left and try and whip a ball in, but he doesn't he doesn't do that a lot. This is where I think I, I, I don't agree with that. I think he goes to the byline regularly, tries to cross it with his left foot, and it rolls to the edge of the six yard box and gets cleared easily. Like that. This is my. Thing. I think he does. So, so you saying that he's not good enough because he's not good enough cutting inside. And he's not good enough going on the other side. So I think he's. I think. I think Murphy's good enough to play for Hibs. I, I don't. I haven't said it, and I don't. I believe it. I think he's good enough to be a squad player for Hibs. We spoke about it after the St Johnson game. I think he's in the exact same boat as Scott Allen. I think both both players are capable of coming off the bench and and creating a goal or scoring a goal. I don't think either of them are going to. I think, especially after January, I don't think either of them are going to do it even close to enough to demand. Um, I think I think Chris Miller's rubbing place. his hands. I would, Chris no, Miller's I would, rubbing I would, his hands together because I would agree. Look at, but the, look at the joker that's in his has, position. Uh, I still think Jamie Murphy's got 
enough qualities that he can come off the bench and do well for Hibs. I like. I think he was good when he came. Uh, I thought he was pretty. I thought he was alright against it, man. To be honest, I thought uh, when he came off against St John, came on against St Johnson, he was alright. Last night he didn't really do too much. Don't think it was really a game for him. That I would never really. I wouldn't have expected Jamie Murphy to come on last night if Nisbet didn't get injured. Like it was that the way we were set up to play wasn't in that second half wasn't going to shoot him. You should score like this. I'm not going to get. I think he's he's a player that that will come into the game and play do okay if we're on the front foot. Yep. But if we're not on the front foot, then there's no point bringing him on because he's worse than a man down. I don't know how he's not scored last night. I really don't. And I think it's what age is he? What thirty three? Not when I go his age, Liam. Don't worry, not in your absence. But a thirty-three-year-old, you're you're more than experienced enough to use your left foot, surely. Yeah, I think it, I do, it, last it's... night. I do think he makes it different, more difficult for himself than he has to because he. It's again, it's, it's not too dissimilar from the chance he had at Dens when he's used his right foot, which is sort of meant he's had it's put it in reach for the keeper yeah. but if he lets it run across his body then he can sort of slot it to a place the goalkeeper can't get it to mm-hmm. look anyway actually one thing I'd, I wanted to get both of your thoughts on um, I felt like Dundee were probably starting to really really control the game in that sort of spell just before Gogic came on and I'm I don't know and I did think the midfield were tiring but I thought Gogic done well in the sort of final 10 minutes when he came on he broke up a few attacks and they actually done pretty well at stopping them at source as well sort of in Dundee's half and ultimately doing what he's supposed to do giving the ball to other people not like breaking yeah. up and give I thought Gogic done well last night and I felt like that was a game for him to come in and I thought he'd done a good job I didn't find Jake Doyle. I thought Jake Doyle, Hayes, and Newell were both tiring, as was Campbell, and I thought it was a good sub by David Gray at the time. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that? Um, um, I'll, I'll hop in before Greg because yeah. I'm not sure we'll have the same opinion. Um, I was actually going to mention I thought Gogic, <coughs> I thought Gogic was actually um, very good at what he done when he came on. Like um, if he was to do that every time he was on the pitch, because he's the main frustration we have with Gogic isn't his ability to break up or read play. It's his inability to make the simple passes. But every time, I don't believe he lost the ball yesterday. Every time he got on it, he actually just found someone that was within 10 yards of him, which is perfect. If you can find someone in the team and doesn't immediately put Hibs under pressure, as well as doing what he's supposed to do defensively, then he would actually be a very vital asset at the club. But he needs to do that on a more consistent basis. That's that's my two cents on it. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I'm not gonna trail too far away for that. Um, might sound very Roy Keane, but but thanks for doing your job. Um, I think he had one one spell where I think he was actually chasing the ball out our half, which was good. A wee bit, wee bit good pressing there because we, we don't seem to press at all. So I, I like that from him. But look, he came on and he. Like he's, going, he's got his part to play, he done, hasn't he? He's he done, he done his way. job, you know, because we were sitting that far back that we were we're now committed to that. So there's not really a lot of movement. You can't all of a sudden decide you want to just pile bodies forward because, right, can like you say, Alan on and... well, we, we, we were tiring and, you know, yeah. I mean, I wanted to bring up the Man of the Match award last night. And well, yeah, uh, well, I was just about, just um, I was just going to bring that up because for me, uh, Harry, I thought, that old man, that excessively old man that should have been sold years ago. Um, Lewis Stevenson at the young age of 33 was very, 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 very good again last night. I think it was 100% aerial battles won, 100% of jewels won, 84% passing accuracy. Um, like Liam said, Liam, to reference Liam while he's not here, death taxes. I know exactly I know exactly what Harry's going to say, and he's going to play the victim, and he's going to say he didn't, he didn't, he didn't mean I anything by the comments. And Liam absolutely <laughs> mugged me off, and I was like, okay, no worries, I'll move on. And then Liam doubled in, mugged me off again, and then I was like, all right, sorry. And then he tripled in, and I was like, leave me alone. Um, but yeah, no, Stevenson was very good last night, but I thought Boyle looked the best he'd played, certainly since the final. Based on the first half. I, I thought Boyle was really good last night, and that, like... For some reason, they weren't double teaming him for the first fifteen minutes, so he was absolutely melting them down that right hand side. Um, if if he can be, because that's the thing that I think might be a strength this weekend, because Boyle one on one. But anyway, I keep talking about the game because I might be a bit excited. For it. <laughs> but yeah, I would have given it to Martin Boyle myself. But well, anyway, Greg, you're, uh, so you disagreed with Joe Neal getting man of match? Who yeah, was I, 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 I mean, me and my granddad were talking about it 
uh, on the way home last night, which I absolutely love because being at the football means you can you can have chats with, with people that, that you go to the football with. And he was so he he done he done well, but he didn't really do a lot. Like you know, he done okay. I think he probably done the bare minimum. But for me, Lewis Stevens was on a couple of slack passes. He, he reads the game so well. Um, he gets the boot in. He, he, he's hard on the tackle. He's he's aggressive. He can go forward. So I think for me, off we probably offered us a bit more last night. Um, I think the change of shape probably hindered him a wee bit, but. I think that he, he was good again last night. I think there's an argument. Sorry, I think there's an argument to say Lewis Stevenson's been our most consistent performer this season when he's played. I think even uh, last season when he came out the squad, like for for the few games, he he's still very consistent. Yeah. Uh, I know I've got on the said about bare minimum a lot, but to be honest, if you're consistently decent, then that's better than well, that's but that's down. That's certainly you've you you there's a certain standard that if eight, nine, ten of your team meet each week, then you're going to win a lot of games in this league. And I think last night yeah. that was I think last night that was the case. I don't think anyone was spectacular. I don't think anyone was bad. I thought everyone yeah. was decent and yeah. that's what we got. We got a decent win at home and a, a win that I think was deserved. Um right. The, also, the, ju- ju- just to just to touch on that, so the, the frustrating thing for me is that their centre half got booked after oh, like, and five, then five minutes. Got booked about two minutes later. Yeah, so for the same tackle, but surely you target these people if they're on a booking. And I think well, I don't even know what he got sent off for. I think he, he was like, the the right, oh, right. Right. because, um, like because the boy took the throwing wrong uh, like Four a couple times. of times. Uh, which, to be honest, credit to the ref for that because you don't actually see that a lot. You don't, you don't really see the ref be like. Unless oh, you're John Beaton, you didn't even get a warning and you get a booking. Yeah, well, I mean, John Beaton. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll we'll see him on Sunday, which is probably a nice transition into the next segment. Oh, I was gonna. I've got uh, before we get on. We're gonna focus on the final, the full, the full at the end. But the big news before the game yesterday, um, it appears that Sean Maloney is going to be the the new manager. Um, I know probably none of us are that keen on the assistant of choice, but I think it's fairly irrelevant, if I'm honest. Um, we did briefly touch on Sean Maloney on Monday night when we were speaking about all the candidates. And just before we get into Maloney, I think it's worth applauding Liam for his real, real push on Twitter for... Yeah. Say the guy's name because I don't. Uh, uh, I, I think it, I don't know how you pronounce it, but it's like Nutsen or something. Try, try. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt the first name. Was it like Kietel Nutsen? Kietel Nutsen. Kietel Nutsen. So fair play, Liam, for driving a full narrative to the extent where he, it just shows the lack of betting on managers away. I think probably about four or five people put a tenner on it and he went into a fucking second favourite. I haven't even had yeah. a price about an hour late, earlier. Um, but no, see, see, um, see, see, like previously with Ben, I'm like, oh, the bookies obviously, the, the bookies always know something. Well, Liam had them on strings yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had it. It looks like it's going to be Sean Maloney. Uh, what, what's your thoughts on that? Assistant um, by Gary Caldwell, probably David Gray still as the sort of first team coach. Short corners are going to be amazing. Um, if what I remember, <laughs> Sean Maloney's correct. Um, the only fear I do have is that, like, as Liam touched on, um, he's a very good coach, but it just kind of strikes me as the Arteta Arsenal. So, I think for him to kind of get his groove at Hibs, it might take a while because he seems like he'll have a philosophy that he wants to instill. Um, and as I've said, I don't think that Hibs fans are very patient. Um, so I'm happy to give him time, but whether or not the rest of the fan base are happy to give him time's a different question so I, I hope that he can uh, start winning early is the, the main thing because if he doesn't then he'll have an absolute mob behind him well, in all likelihood his first games are going to be Aberdeen at home Dundee United away Celtic away Hearts at home rough mate see, rough. see, see, see for me I think it's all very relative um, Sean Maloney works with some of the best players in the world uh, and, and seems to do to seems work with more of the best Alex Gogic and Jimmy Murphy. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I think that look, he, he's obviously a good coach. He's not just the guy that puts the cones out. 
Uh, I think he probably needs a, a strong assistant. Uh, I think more of the good cop, bad cop routine because I don't think Sean Maloney is going to be the type of manager to scream and shout. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, a, it's an we, appointment. Uh, Greg, it's just, an, can we just totally just to get yeah. a snapshot here that we can maybe refer back to in six months' time? Are you okay well, with Sean Maloney not screaming and shouting on the touchline? Uh, yeah, as long as as long as the number two that isn't Gary Caldwell screams and shouts. <laughs> um, nah, look, look. To be honest, I mean, I guess we can have a go at Gary Caldwell's record, but he's he has managed some some decent clubs. I think he was. I think he was last at Newcastle under 23s, uh, managing them for a while. Uh, he's obviously been at Wigan, so got promotion at he, Wigan, didn't he? Yeah, so so he's been about, I think, other than Partick Thistle. But I mean, Ian, Mc, Ian McCall, Ian McCall was a good manager in the Championship, and they got relegated with him. So maybe, maybe Partick Thistle a bit like Nottingham Forest, as we discussed on right, a, a very difficult, difficult well, if atmosphere. Ask, if, you, if you ask Gary Caldwell, he was just too good to manage. Uh, players on yeah. the level of part he's, he's more suited to coaching see, players at Hibs level. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want to see anyone go to SES training. I think that was his style. <laughs> he, took, he took them to SES training. Is that, uh, is that too hardcore even for you, Greg? Well, I don't really see the need for it. You know, you're football players. You're, uh, you know what I mean? You play football, you don't Go to murder folk or whatever. So, you know, I think maybe, except when it's m- maybe just a couple of laps from these mains will do. Like, there'll be no <laughs> SES, you know, maybe be a salt course with tyres or whatever in pre season. But <laughs> I, I just, uh, yeah. But look, it, it, it's a left field appointment. It's something that I'm actually quite excited about, though. Yeah. I think Hibs, Hibs aren't just going for the safe option. You know, we could have gone comfy and gone for McInnes or whatever. So, I think that we are trying to push about which I, I respect and I can get on board with mm-hmm. um, it was quite an exciting I think it's an exciting prospect to be fair um, but that is just my opinion feel free to refer back to that when I'm calling him shite and basically same as Tam Coates who just carries the balls about in the cones so <laughs> you can refer back to that in about Mum's time when we've wasted Boxing Day going to Dundee or whatever aye uh, you can refer back to it then. I think um, it's, it's an interesting one anyway, and it really is. It? Yeah, I, I think so. And look, none of us can sit and say this is how Sean Maloney wants to play or anything, but from memories of him as a player, from the team that he's been involved in, you would think that we're going to want to play it on the deck, be on the front foot, you know, whether he wants to set up a high press or not like that, you'd be guessing at that point, but you would... Ultimately, the way he played as a player is, and the managers he worked under, he's probably going to have similar visions. I mean, you look at Roberto Martinez team at Everton at Wigan, uh, was he at Swansea as well? They all dominated the ball. Yeah. Like, you know, like, so that, that's his main experiences. So I'd expect there to be a want for Hibs to do that. Um, but just, I think it, it's something that, that we all kind of want to see. I think the footballer under Jack Ross was, was really, really what, boring at times. The only thing that I would caveat that with. Also, that you win games of football. Why that? But with keeping possession comes one a risk of playing out from the back that you you will sometimes concede goals that look fucking dreadful. But two, there will be a lot of passing about, like into Joe Newell, who plays it back to Ryan Portress, who plays it to Paul Hat, because you have to be patient. You know that is that's that style of football. You're probing and you're trying to be patient. Like there was a discussion on Talksport the other the other night about our Man City boarding to watch. Who was having that discussion? I think they were just opening it up to people to phone in and stuff. And no, 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 but no, we're trying to see if Jamie O'Hara was talking. No, no, it's just fans. Nobody, some some tube called something Jordan said that Kieran Tierney could be captain of Scotland because Scotland's still losers. It's like Scotland have won the same in Kieran Tierney's lifetime as England. Was that was Simon Jordan not the one that said that England under 21s would beat Scotland? Good one. Back to what I was saying, they were just talking for me. Like even like Pep's Barcelona team and stuff, at times they would pass teams to death and beat them one 0 two 0 you know. And yeah. like I think if you're a fan of that team, it probably would be entertaining. But as a neutral, I didn't watch Man City games. 
you know, it doesn't there's no real fast flow and pace to it. So I do think that my relating that back to Hibs is we've even seen at times this season, probably even last night, people going, Why are we just knocking this about? Get it forward, get it into the channels, etc. There's Again, we're guessing right now, but looking at the people he's worked with, I would assume that's going to be his style of play. So there might be an adjustment period there for think, fans as well. I, I think I think there's also a, a point that needs to be made where it's sometimes if you knock it about from side to side, you've got no purpose doing it. Yeah. If you knock it about side to side, or you've got a purpose and try and move players out of position, then pick holes. I'm all for that. What I'm not for is Johnny and Jake Doyle Hayes playing one twos with each other on it, because that is <laughs> shit. That is exactly what happened last week at Livy. Where Aye. they were so happy to pick the ball up and then just knock it back the way. See if you see if you pass the ball about urgency, you've got a purpose and try and pick holes in teams. Mate, sign me up, but don't sign me up for just tippy tappy one twos on it because that is boring. Well, look, obviously, it's still it's not official, but it does seem like it's going to come, uh, you know, Thursday or Friday, um, and it's been sort of confirmed today, not by the club. I don't unless it has been through a club media interview that's not been released yet but all the uh, sort of media outlets are reporting that Jack Ross will be in charge for um, no he won't no he won't uh, Jack Ross fuck David Gray will be in charge on Sunday sorry <laughs> David Gray will be in charge on Sunday um, the host doesn't even have a clue <laughs> what are you what, what are your thoughts on he's happy enough with David Gray staying in charge doesn't really matter I said it the other night it really doesn't matter <laughs> like do you know what it's just going to be the same as what we've seen I think so it doesn't really matter. I think I'd, I, I actually think it's probably a good thing. I think because if Maloney came in and say he was appointed, I don't know, tomorrow morning, he gets Thursday, Friday, maybe a small session on Saturday. What can he do at that point? You know, like at least, yeah. at, at least this gives the consistency and approach from David Gray, Eddie May, Craig Sampson with the goalkeepers. You know, like they'll have been, they'll. I've started working on things today, I'd assume, and that will firm, firmly stay in place. Harry, would you have rather seen uh, a new manager in the dugout on Sunday or happy enough with David Gray? No, I, th- I think if it was to be a new manager, they would have to at least like a couple of weeks. I don't think. And the thing is as well, you don't want your first ever game as a manager to be a defeat in a cup final. Obviously, touch wood, it wouldn't be. But um, yeah, no, if you get off to the wrong start, then it can be a difficult journey back. Yeah, hey, well, and I think uh, to just another point, obviously, in the semi final, Rangers had Van Stonchhorst appointed, um, and he didn't go in the, t- in the change room at half time. And I would not want Sean Maloney to go in the change room at half time either. And it's one of the because, if, we, if, we, if we went on Sunday because, it, because it's not his team and he wouldn't right. have started, so yeah. If we went on Sunday, people are going to go master stroke for Hibs sacking Jack Ross and like keeping David Gray in and Maloney comes in next week. If we get beat, if, if we get beat, it'll be, be, it'll be, if we get beat, it'll be a really bad hangover on Monday and listening to all the cunts on Sports Sound and all the other things saying, why did they sack Jack Ross 10 days before the hang? Why did they not get Maloney in? When, if they knew he was coming in, why did they not get him in? A fresh face, blah, blah, blah. Like, because the, the these are football people. These aren't football people that the presenters. That's no, they are. are. No, if you ask. Oh, but then if you Jonathan listen to sports, Sullivan's they're... not a football person. No, but... Stephen Thompson's not a football person. <laughs> Michael Stewart's not a football person. So let's get that right. Neither's Kevin Thompson. <laughs> He's just a rat. <laughs> right, look, we're here in the preview. Aye, but he played final. for a free, Harry. Give him a break. <laughs> 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 right, we're here to preview the League Cup final anyway. We spoke about the League Action. The League Action is part. Thank week. I was going to say for a week, but we've got another fucking league game next Wednesday. Uh, aye, so expectations for the weekend, and then we're also going to go on to a little segment where we talk through our memories of the League Cup. Um, We've we done something similar before the Scottish Cup final, uh, and it was pretty well received, so we'll do it around different memories that we all have with the League Cup final. Uh, not necessarily a final, any, just the League Cup in general. But yeah, Harry, what are you expecting on Sunday other than uh, a good laugh and plenty of baby? Mate, as, as, as I've said before the finals before, I just want a performance that afterwards I can be like, you know what, they gave it their all result. At the end of the day, obviously matters because if you win, you get the cup. But if we go out there and we get beat 4-3 and we've had the day of our lives because Hibs have put on a performance and made us proud, then I genuinely wouldn't complain. Um, I want to see us pressing from the start and I want to see us put all our legs into this game and press until the end. Um, the only way you're going to beat Celtic, this Celtic team in particular with Postacoglu as manager, is by getting in their face and trying to do to them what they're trying to do to you. 
Um, it's not a very feasible thing and it is a very difficult task because as much as we hate to admit, Celtic are looking very good at the moment. Um, but they've got a couple of injuries, so... I'm um, not convinced, if I'm honest. No, yeah. I think they look a lot closer to the team at the start of the season that was getting beat with the injuries they've got. So I, I, uh, I think we've got. No, I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced about the injuries. Oh, I'm not convinced about them being that good. I think they're uh, all right. I, I think they're good, but I'm not convinced about the injuries. To be honest, if the injuries stay the way they are, then I think they're more than beatable. I'm not. Gonna, I'm sorry. I'm not going to shake myself. That's for a team that's playing a front three. That two of them's going to be fucking David Turnbull and fucking Mikey Johnston. Like, Celtic <coughs> are a good team. Don't get me. I'm not. I'm no. Be. I'm. I'm not. I'm not denying that. They're very. In fact, they're a very good team. But uh, people, uh, Celtic are flying. Celtic are this. Celtic. They're four points behind Rangers, and we just fucking scudded Rangers in the semi final. Like, so. Like, you know what I mean? We can. We're capable of doing it. Aye, we're on a bad. We're on a bad run of form. But no, but I'm sorry. It's a, they just beat Motherwell one 0 at home. Like, I'm like. Hey, we drew one, 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 one. Hey, but they're not going out. Like, some people have got this idea that Celtic under Postacoglu are the second coming of Pep's Barca, man. Like, they're no. They got put out of the Europa League group. Like, Hearts beat them at the start of the season. They scraped past Motherwell. Like, I, I just, I don't think that, I don't think they're that, they're not at that level yet where I'm completely shiting myself for them. I don't want this to become into a uh, Celtic shagging podcast, so I'm not going to give my opinions on that. But I'm glad that, that you think that, yeah. <laughs> and I tell you what, just coming on to that, right, Anthony Brown of the Evening News today tweeted something about Hibs having like, six managers out of 12 for Celtic, as if that makes any blinged bit of difference. Like six, six, six of the last 12 Hibs managers have played for Celtic at some point, like as if anyone actually oh, cares. Right. So that lazy journalism, slow news day. Anyway, we're talking about our opponents here. Like, let me just run you through what started for them against Motherwell. Can I, can I give my opinion first before you start rattling it with shitey stats? Right, <laughs> uh, I think Celtic are a good side. I think that they have the potential to, to rip teams apart. I don't think they've done it a lot this season. Um, they are vulnerable at the back, though. So I think they can be got at. I'm not concerned because I don't think you should ever be worried they're going to a final against one of the old firm because there is really no need to be worried. I think if, if we have Caden Nisbet fit, then I don't I don't really don't see why why we can't because we've literally scudded Rangers in the semi final when we expected nada. So I really I don't see why we can't. And I think it would be Pete Kibbs to go and win it. It'd be fucking fantastic, is what it, what it would be. I I think we'll. I, I think from a Hibs point of view, ideally, I think David Gray would start the team that played last night, and it started last night. I think that would be his first choice eleven. Um, and obviously, we, I mean, we mentioned Celtic have injury concerns, but now we do have a few of our own. I noticed Josh Doig wasn't in the squad at all last night. McGregor. Not that in the was, squad. Um, Josh Doig had to do a COVID test before the game yesterday. It came back negative, so should be back for the final. All right, season. okay. So, so, Mike, I know that's why Harry's a journalist. And I we just sit here and chat. I, know, I noticed uh, McGregor was in the, uh, uh, the squad. Obviously, Cam, uh, sorry, obviously, Nisbet and Cadden um, went off injured as well. And I think they are two players that dictate what shapes we can and can't play, really. Because yeah. The, the worst case scenario, obviously, is if they're both out. And But what would be the biggest worry for that is for me is we know Christian Deutsch can't play up front on his own. He's not mobile enough, you know. But if if like if they're both out, then you can't play 3-5-2 because you'd either need to have Boyle either up front or on the wing. Like you know, I, So I really, really hope that they're both fit. But the, I would be more worried if Nisbet isn't fit than Cadden. I would personally. I know yeah. people say what they want about Nisbet, but I think he's crucial to the way we play. Again, I thought it was better again last night. I think he's in a decent running form. Definitely should have bagged a couple more goals in recent games than he has still, but he is looking more like the player that we know he can be. And these, whether people like it or not, these these players know what it takes to win at Hamden. I would expect the game to be not too dissimilar from the Rangers game in the sense that Celtic will dominate the ball. I think we will give up the ball, but there's a way to do that. Like what you're saying, Harry, pressing them, B 
being compact at the back, putting them under pressure on the ball, not letting them knock it about easy, not letting them do what they what we did allow them to do at Easter Road. Because when you look at the the Celtic game and then the very next game we played was Rangers, two very similar games in terms of if you like territory, but the way we got at Rangers as opposed to the way we got at Celtic that night at Easter Road were night and day. And if we can replicate what we did against Rangers, then I see no reason why we can't win. Celtic are on good form, but they scraped past Hearts at home. They scraped past Aberdeen at home. They scraped past Motherwell at home. Like, I, I, I don't think they're as good as what people are making them out to be. I really, really... OK, Dundee United away. They were they looked good. But Dundee United are on a terrible running form. Like, I just... I'm, 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 like one goal at home at Hearts, one goal at home in Motherwell. I, it's not making me sit here shitting myself. And maybe it is because it's Celtic, a Celtic or Rangers final and maybe we're not playing a team that we'd expected to win. I, I think this is the type of game that suits us. I think generally as a squad, we're set up to be a good counter-attacking squad. So I, I'm quite excited and hope we can go out and uh, give a performance that... Um, I can't wait for that to be changed. I can't wait for us to not just be a counter-attacking team because that's shit. I don't think it's just our counter-attacking I don't think... I think we're capable of dominating the ball, but I do think our main strengths are hitting teams on the counter-attack, ultimately, Drew. But I think when you've got someone as fast as Boyle, you're always going to be a massive threat on that sort of... in that transition. Well, I get it. I get it, but I just think that Hibs are self-entitlement again, but I think that we want to be on the front foot in bossing games no matter what. But there we go, Sean. That's up to yourself, brother. <laughs> Harry, what, Harry, ultimately, what do you what do you expect to see from a Hibs point of view later? I know you've said you want to see us get on the front foot and stuff. Do you think we will manage that? I think um injuries pending, I think it'll be as close a team that started against Rangers as possible. I think it'll be more of a three five two system, um, as opposed to a four like four uh, four four two or four two three one. Um yeah, I, w- I would expect to see three at the back, as you say, try and keep it compact whenever they're on the ball. Um, apart from St Johnston, we I, I think under like since Ross took over, I think we've looked very good at Hamden. Um, I think that for some reason we seem to suit ourselves on bigger pitches. Uh, for the most part, when we've played away at Ibrox or Celtic Park, we've actually put in good performances. So for some reason, big pitches suit us. Um, we do need to get at them um, offensively, as Greg touched on their defence even though they've got the best record in Scottish football, they always look flimsy. And the good thing is, we don't like John Beaton, but he does like giving a penalty against Celtic. And they've had a few clangers not being given, like a Dundee United one earlier in the season. The Motherwell one on Tony Watt was an absolute stonewaller. So Celtic have been riding their luck. So Hibs better be cashing in on that. You know what I'm saying? I actually don't even want to consider the fault of us getting a penalty at the weekend. Oh, <laughs> like, no, like, shut up. <laughs> oh. no, just... the, the main thing is... Um, we just need to give it all. Just need to yep. absolute. I want every player to be like limping off the pitch, shattered after giving it their all. And win, lose, or draw, or win, lose, or penalties, whatever. Um, as long as we've done that, I honestly could not care about the result. Greg, on the assumption everyone's fit, who do you think for Hibs for Hibs to lift the trophy on Sunday night? Who do you think needs to be the two or three standout players who really needs to be on it and the different difference makers for us, either attacking yeah. or defensive. I think the, the two wing-backs are huge. Um, and on top of that, I think Newell, Nisbet and Boyle need to be, need to be right on it. Um, I think the only way you're going to really have a chance is if your strikers are, are right on form and, and giving it everything. So I think probably those five would be would be crucial. Yeah. But I think certainly defensively we need to be clever. Obviously, the two centre halves. I mean, everyone's going to be crucial, but I think especially on the wings because Celtic are quite dangerous on the wings. And so I don't know. I just I just hope everyone has a good game. I just want effort, to be honest. Effort and a bit of desire because we obviously lacked that a lot against St Johnston in the Scottish Cup final. So I want to see a lot of effort. I want to see a lot of desire. I want to see us be quite aggressive as well because I feel like sometimes we aren't as aggressive. So. Look, Celtic are unbeatable. They've proven that this season. So I think that if we can get at them, get in their face, they probably won't like that. So, but yeah, just everyone just needs to have a good game, especially the goalie, who I'm not convinced with at all. Yeah. But 
What about yourself, Harry? If you were to sort of pinpoint either position or players, who do you think needs to be right at the top of that game for us to lift that trophy? It's only one Manny. It's, it's got to be Martin Boyle. Martin Boyle's got to produce what we know Martin Boyle can produce. He's done it against Celtic before. So if he can do it again, then we'll be blessed. We also really need, because as much as I love him, Ryan Porteous is prone to a clangor in games like this, in my opinion. Um, the one against Rangers being, like, I, I know we were 3-0 up at the time, but mistakes like that, you can blame it on Messi if you want. I think it was on Porteous. We, we can't afford any, like, if they score a wonderful goal, fair play, but we can't afford to give them anything because if we do, we're just going to shoot ourselves in the foot. Yeah, I find that the three for me that stand out, Nisbet, Hamlin and Porteous. I think you've got to be... Look, I'll be honest, I don't expect... I think we need goals to... I was going to say something really stupid there. I think we need multiple goals to win this game. I don't yeah, see no, us no, keeping... No. I don't see us winning 1-0. So I think for that, you need your strikers to be ready to take whatever chance comes their way. I don't think we're going to create a barrel load. No, we didn't create a barrel load against Rangers. We probably haven't had a performance, maybe others than St. Johnson away, where we have created lots and lots of chances. So I think Nisbet especially has to be ready to pounce on anything that comes his way and Hanlon and Port just need to perform like they did against Rangers again they were outstanding I would echo what Harry says I feel like in the, probably since since he got would say, at least since we came back from the Covid break Porteous seems to be going out his way to get other players booked as well, I mm-hmm. think he's 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 doing a lot of is play acting the right word. I don't I don't know, um, but emphasizing contact when it's made, shall we say? And rightly or wrongly, other teams do it, but just focus on the ninety minutes or the hundred twenty minutes, whatever it is. Focus on winning your battle against whoever Celtic cover down the middle of the park. And if the defense can play well, then I think we win the game. I genuinely do. I, I think we are generally. I think I do. I, I believe it's a game that suits us. I do. I, 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 like Harry says, we generally have performed well playing three five two on bigger pitches. I think it works well because it gives Doig and whether it be Cadden or Boyle the space. And the you know, like when you've got a wee tight park, you play three five two. The wingers haven't got any space at all anyway. It almost defeats the point. So I think Hamden should suit that. And I'm. I'm my confidence has grown as the weeks progressed. Uh, I know Liam said he, but did he say one nil Hibs, two on Hibs? I can't remember. No, he said penalties, and then one nil penalties. And then one nil penalties. So if we were to go for a, uh, if we were to go for a score prediction and then just a, a day out prediction from both of you, please. Um, what were you going for? Day, day yeah, out will yeah. be ten out of ten. Hey, there we go. There we go. What about the score, Greg? Oh. Hey, 2-1 Hibs I'll go, hey. surely Surely for, for the memes, that would be the most beautiful thing That ever. would be incredible <laughs> But, you know, Hibs, Hibs deal our business In very consistently inconsistent ways But this time, we're going to stick consistent And we're going to win at 3-2 3-2 Hibs Stay out, Harry Mate, it's going to be at least a 12 out of 10 If, if the <laughs> semi-finals anything to go off At least a 12 out of 10 I, I'm going for... Uh, Day out first, and I've got a few predictions. Harry <laughs> crying by quarter past three. You better know me. Harry crying by quarter past three. Me hit, hit the whitey before we leave the bar. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Greg to call every Celtic fan he sees a silly cunt on the way to the ground. And Liam to just be standing there looking at us all like the reprobates that we generally are. And then on the pitch, I'm going 3 1 Hibs. You want two goals? Whoa. 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 shaking in his boots. Would we, take it. 3 1 Hibs. I think, I think Hibs go two goals up in the first half. Celtic uh, score. It's the usual. Alamo. It's the Alamo for the second half. And then we pick them off late on 3 1. Someone loses the heat for Celtic. John Beaton sprints over to whap a red card in their face. 
gets his hey guys, we, we've got to every scorer, but who's who's going to get the winner? Who's nabbing the winner? Ooh. And a final goal in your case, you. Final goal for me. I've got I've got a bad feeling it's going to be Hadler, eh? and I know. <laughs> Do you know what? See what oh, that'd be so I, good. I will, I will celebrate. Thanks for having one good game. <laughs> I'm going... What, well, we do a dream scenario and maybe one that we actually think will happen. I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. I think that the, my, in my head, the, the late winner will be um, Kevin Nisbet. In fact, no, because I think he'll be off the pitch. Christian Deutsch will get the late winner with a sort of header at the back post at South. Like Boyle will go running down the wing and he'll just be free. Uh, and the dream scenario for me is that Lewis Stevenson scores in there. Um, I think that would be unbelievable. If Lewis Stevenson could score the second goal in a 3 1, so technically the winning goal, Lewis Stevenson Raker coming in for the left hand, left wing back, comes to me, just fucking smash, smashes it. And oh, wow. Dreams. What about yours? Greg, you already gave us uh, your, your, your um, dream goal scorer. Boy, Jake Doyle Hayes, to be honest, since he's a fan of the show <laughs> and, a close, and a close friend of the show. <laughs> Addy? Um, well, that's a difficult one. Um, so, dream scenario. Um, I'll, I love storylines, so I love the comeback story. I would love either Papa Gogic or Dre Wright to score the winner. I just wow. think that would be absolutely hilarious. The, those two, like... I was going to say James Scott. <laughs> <laughs> One goal only. Oh, Jimmy, Jimmy Murphy has left foot. Jimmy Murphy, not actually scuffing a shot. Um, no, he scuffs but, it. He still scuffs it. And it just dribbles in. <laughs> uh, realistically, I, th- I think Boyle got a brace in the final. May I just stick a cheeky wee fiver on it just because final. 2 1 Hibs, Boyle first and last goal scorer. I said 3 2. Oh, 3 2, sorry. It was Greg, Greg said. Uh, uh, Hibs, ladies, have just gone 2 0 up. Superb. <laughs> Um, I think it's Siobhan Hunter that scored. Some woman. So. And then, aye, we've got a wee segment here. We touched on it earlier. Um, we've done it before the Scottish Cup final, but did we all do memories of the 2016 game? I think we did. We did. Um, this one, we're going to change up a little bit, um, mainly because the last time we won the League Cup, uh, I was 10. Harry, you'd have been 9. Greg, you'd have been about 18. No, <laughs> but... Greg, I was you, thinking you say something like 30, to be honest, so I'll take, uh, I'll take that. Greg, Greg you, you set us off with your best or favourite League Cup memory. Um, go to the toilet at Tyne Castle when David Murphy scored the three kick and extra time. Because <laughs> I was told, my granddad said, if you'll miss a goal if you go to the toilet, and I was like, nah, I'll be all right. I went to the toilet and missed a goal, so... <laughs> Is that, it? Is, that, is that the full story? Uh, that's pretty much it, aye. I remember I had a English homework to do that night as well, so I got home late and had to do that. It was bad. Is that the same game that Benji scored to make it 3 1? Yeah. yeah. And then, like, was it Simon Benson? Like, yeah, the centre half. Shoved him in the back and just looked him. Like, oh, yeah. No, that was some night, to be fair. We were, we were, we were pretty bad that night, to be honest. Oh, aye. That was not great. That was not Yeah. Jay, um, was it Jason Scott that scored for St. Johnston? He absolutely loves, he loves scoring against us. Aye, and he, I remember, I, I, there must have been an interview, um, but I don't know if it was, it was maybe after he scored the winning penalty in the playoffs game for Hamilton. And he said something that, like, he knew he was going to score that night. And then he also referenced the playoff because apparently Petrie, because he had scored the winner for Dundee United against us, I think, in the Scottish Cup semi final in 2005. Yeah. And uh, apparently he believes that Rod Petrie, uh, because of his position on the SFA board at the time, he was part of the panel that um, rejected his work permit. So he couldn't sign for Dundee United permanently, I think which is how he ended up at St Johnston in the championship because he didn't need a work permit for that or something. And so he's held a grudge against Hibs forever and a day. Because he, he, uh, he scored against us for Dundee United at Hamden as well. Aye. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying. And then it was like a month later that his work permit got rejected. Yeah. <laughs> so he says that he, that he believes it's all because of that, which it's... Obviously unfounded, but it wouldn't surprise me. Um, Harry, your favourite League Cup memory? Well, being obviously there's a, there's been actually a few classics for this, but the main one for me um, was that 
well, just about last month. Start this <laughs> month. I don't even remember the date for it, but um, that semi-final against Rangers, like that, automatically went in my top three Hibs games of all time. It was just such a brilliant day. I mean, it's the first time we ever ran a bus as a podcast, which was really awesome. The guys that listen to us every week and interact with us on Twitter, actually, and see them in person was amazing. Um, the atmosphere in the pub beforehand, it was literally seeing Greg go daft as usual, seeing Ewan and his element having a drink. And then it was the most <laughs> out of the shell I'd ever seen Liam. And it was just such a happy occasion. Everybody there was just in such good spirits. I remember walking into the stadium and I was like to my mates, I was like, here, if we go out there and we get beat 4-0, at least this day's a 9 out of 10 because I've had a magic time. We lost during the way of the game, didn't we, actually? Yeah. We we stayed to get shots, so by the time Uh, we'd done the shots, you were already halfway up. eh? Um, And then, obviously, what happened on the pitch was just unbelievable. Um, Being 3-0 up against Rangers in any game is unreal. Doing it at Hamden, absolutely mental. And then... Having, having, most... to, having to pull Harriet between the seats was a personal <laughs> highlight of mine. Oh, so, so first first goal, um, someone knocks my specs off. So some guy two rows in front has to bend and pick my specs up, hand them back to me. Second row, Greg tries to grab me. Uh, Craig tries to grab me. Then I get slammed on the seat in front instead of getting hugged. And then the third goal, I just started greeting. It was such third, a third goal was just pure disbelief. Oh, honestly, I could not believe what was going on. It was so good. And then, um, yeah, at the, one of the most surreal moments as a Hibs fan for me, at the full-time whistle, like, you know, when we're doing boils on fire, like, that is, like, you know how people say scenes or limbs? Like, that is the most scenes or limbs I've actually witnessed in person. Like, we were all just going absolutely mental. And it was all thanks to Martin Boyle. What a gentleman. What a day. What it was someday. To Enjoy yourself, Harry. Eh? <laughs> I just believe it. Well, more of that to come on Sunday. Fingers fucking crossed. Eh? So, Matt, Matt, I'll go. Mine's just, I guess, the obvious that hasn't already been spoken about. The whether the last time we lifted the League Cup final, um, like I said, what was that? To, so I'd have been 10, just just not long turned 10 years old. And I actually got sent a picture from uh, before the game just the other day that, that I think I shared it with you guys. Wow. And uh, there's 10-year-old me just sitting, sipping my iron brew and very vividly calling someone a wanker. Um, <laughs> the person that's getting targeted with the abuse from 10-year-old me is not in the picture. I'm going to hazard a guess and say it was my father. Um, but that could it could be anyone. Uh, but no, I think there'll be much harder things consumed prior to the game on Sunday and will probably be needed. But um, I think at the age of 10 years old, Going to Hamden and pumping someone 5-1. Um, I'd obviously seen Hibs get beat multiple times prior to that. Celtic Cup final, Livy Cup finals, um, Dundee United, like we mentioned earlier. Um semi-finals before that, I think. Oh, no, Dunfermline no. was just after it. Okay. Dunfermline was just after it. Yeah. And I think what it done was set you up probably speak on behalf of all three of us here actually set you up for a lifetime of disappointment because you think this must <laughs> well, happen I, all, this must happen it, all the time I'd already, I'd already witnessed the cup fight against Levy that Aye, was well, really bad well, that's, that's insanely but I think age, what age would I have been Levy one six so don't remember too much so I'd seen Hibs losing two cup finals prior to that the Celtic one in 2001 uh, which is well, probably my main my, my, my only memory of that game similar to what you're saying about Harry having to pull him out between chairs obviously everyone's standing and stuff at Hamden so three four year old me standing on the chair and then the chair just geese way and my body like half my body is just like under, like stuck between the chair and my mum and dad have to fucking drag me through but no that it's probably the first vivid vivid memories I've got at Hamden and uh, yeah you, you start to think oh well this will happen all the time and ultimately it was another nine years until we won at Hamden again uh, so hopefully this weekend we can uh, win win it again and what I've realised is um, Hibs have won a trophy every sort of 10 years of my life so like 0 to 10 I had the League Cup final as I was 10 then 11 to 20 I just met the Scottish Cup so if we can get the 20s to 30s category out the way nice and early that'd be fantastic um, but no look I think we're all very much looking forward to the game on 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 Sunday, and I was going to say quietly optimistic. It's been a it's been a while since we hit that one out, but 
I guess you can't be quiet when you're voicing your. No, it's, it's quietly confident, Ewan. Quietly confident, yeah. sorry, quietly confident. But, sorry, just, you... just before we wrap up, I have, I have one question for you both. On yep. that um, five-one uh, victory before it was cool. Anybody else that won five-one in the cup final after that's just an absolute loser. Um, but in that okay. five-one, where it was cool to do it, um, what was your favourite moment from that game? Because even though we were young, I can still remember that day quite vividly. <laughs> I have a yeah, I have one that's a bit obscure. Um, I remember I was I was I was uh, I was with my dad, and I just remember him texting my stepmom, who is a jambo, and saying, and the text said, and this was in the days when you had to like click 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 on every letter and stuff, oh, God, and like a wee sort of Sony Ericsson Walkman flip phone, and I remember the text he was sending. It was either the third and fourth goal or the fourth and fifth goal, and he was texting, "It's four one." or it's 3-1 and by the time he'd finished typing the full thing out the next goal had went in so it was like on the one message it just said it's 4-1 on a way it's 5-1 oh, <laughs> uh, but no, other than that I think um, the fact that we had about 75 seasons in one day yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> big Rob Jones went up and nodded at any but no that, that sticks out for me just how quick and it was like that I think at that point it was like we we we're not going to lose here because obviously when it went to three one with thirteen minutes to go, oh, could still chuck it. <laughs> I was I was see I was naive back in the days. I thought, oh, this is alright. <laughs> but there we go. What not was your down. highlight of the day, Greg? Uh, I think it was. I don't even know. I think it was probably the cup that go back to Easter Road to be honest, mm. and. Uh, we got there late, obviously. I was staying at my granddad's because I'd school the next day. He was like, oh, we'll just go anyway. You all right? So I went there. I got inside Easter Road, actually. I went to a lot of folk did. So got inside and watched them play the cup of it, which was, which was class, to be honest. And this was one of the days that you're like, wow, this, this is class. Can we do this every week? <laughs> do you reckon... I take, I won't, it won't happen this year, will it? Even if we win, I can't. COVID and that, I doubt there'll be... Wanting people to pile into there because they wouldn't they need stewards and all that, wouldn't they? For yeah, COVID passports and all that. So who knows? I think, I think, was I there think... not like a major delay on it doing, or did they not have to do it another day? People, people ran on the pitch or something, and so they ended up trying to do yeah. the next home game, which just so happened to be Hearts, and we got beat. And uh, the yeah. Hearts, there was like Hearts fans up the top end of the away stand that wouldn't leave, and they were saying they couldn't bring the players out until. The Hearts fans left and stuff, so it was just a big anticlimax at that point. You just yeah. watched the derby game. It was honestly, I think by the time the players came out, a good forty minutes after kickoff, eh, full time as well. Jesus. Well, anyway, Harry, what was your highlight of the uh, two thousand and seven final? I think that Benji's first goal was just the most trademark Benji moment of all time, where he just kind of like shimmies one way, cuts in the other, giving himself like three yards of space and just tucks it in the corner. He used to do it non-stop, and I loved that guy. You like, see, growing up, him and Zamama were like my boys. Like absolutely, <laughs> they were class. They were have you so watched the uh, Have you watched the uh, episode of the High B Buzz Buzz and Mam on it? I've not. Yeah, oh, it's good. Yeah, it's good. You should watch it. The um, what? Do you know what? Just I seen your tweet earlier. Actually, I will keep talking about random shit here. I know everyone's <laughs> everyone's turned off by now. Anyway, um, so I seen your tweet about how how good Benji was. So it made me, his goal record would not be accepted now. Like, <laughs> which is mental. No, no, because it's, it's, no, it's mental. Like he's so, so good. I remember, Don't talk about him like that. He, he I remember. I remember, I remember a stat. So mind they obviously disappeared. He went on loan for a couple of years, and he came back mm. under Hughes. He scored a yeah. goal, and I remember hearing it. Hibbs hadn't lost a game that he scored in. I don't yeah. know if it disappeared that season, but I thought that was abs. In fact, I think it was in the five-one game when I was watching highlights of it. Um, the commentator said Hibs haven't lost a goal, haven't lost a game that he'd scored, and I think that's absolutely fucking mental. Yeah, such a good start. Yeah. Hey, players, Chris played score on Sunday. I was going to say if you could, if you could take one player each from that team and uh, put them right into the starting eleven at their pomp uh, of their Hibs career. So, like, if you were taking Scott Brown at his pomp in Hibs or whatever, who would you put into the eleven? Who's eleven? In replacement of Jake or Hayes? No. Yeah. Yeah, either one, probably both of them. To be fair, <laughs> I just don't. I don't think Busy's got that. Like he was much more of a get on the ball, move it like lovely. He wouldn't really chase them down the whole game. Right. Okay. So who would you go for? I, 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 
but imagine him at the back. Oh, he just absolutely hoovers up every like he he would be the Christian Doyle that we missed when he was out injured. You know, any crosses would just be absolutely dealt with. So I would go for um, Stephen Fletcher because you can play him and Nisbet up front, and then you've got one player that's adamant that has to be on the right foot and one player that's adamant it had to be on the left foot. So as long as we could work that out all right, then we'd be sound. <laughs> I know, that'd be something like it. Fletcher was massively underrated, I thought, as well, Hibs, to be honest. Again, his goals record probably wasn't as good as maybe what you would think, but... The, the season he left, he was a bit of a... Letdown. Yeah, yeah, he was a bit of a let. That was probably his worst season at the Hibs. Right. I mean, from from... Fletcher at Hibs, he left off Friday. Like, he would be, like it's always good uh, to be on the back. Back shoulder, but he was so offset. I'm sure there was one stat where he had like more than double the next, like closest player offside one of the seasons that he played. It was ridiculous. Anyway, anyway, uh, this isn't a reliving 2006 to 2008 Hibs. It's the League Cup final preview uh, that is now wrapped up, I think, boys. But I say, I don't think we'll be back next Monday. It might be next mm-hmm. Tuesday. Um, but we'll see. Hopefully, we've all got. Raging hangovers that are worth it on Monday, and we will be back next week. Hopefully, waxing lyrical about Hibs being the League Cup champions for 2021 20, 22. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Bye.